Hello and welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast. I'm your host, journalist Holly Rubenstein, and on today's destination special, we are embarking on a journey to the far north of Europe, to a place of summer midnight sun and the magical northern lights of the winter, the land of a thousand lakes, a place where saunas are as common as cafes. And with just a few days to go until Christmas, I imagine it's a hive of activity given that Lapland in the north of the country is the home of Santa Claus and his elves. Of course, I'm talking about fantastic Finland. And I'm joined by two wonderful guests today to help bring this diverse and beautiful country to life. First, we'll hear from the actress Tracy Ann Oberman. You'll know Tracy Ann from shows like EastEnders, Friday Night Dinner, It's a Sin, and Ridley Road, as well as her acclaimed work on the stage. And she has a special connection to Finland, which she'll tell us all about when she shares her Finnish travel diaries coming up. And then we're joined by Finland destination expert and food and travel writer Bree Graham, who has travelled extensively around the country and shares so many brilliant different recommendations and tips for places to visit, stay, eat and what to bring home in your suitcase. So let's get started in Helsinki, the capital, with Tracy Ann Oberman. Tracy Ann Oberman, welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast and to this fantastic Finland destination special. How are you? Oh, I'm really well and I'm really happy to be talking about Finland because I love it so much. So I'm always delighted to talk about my experience of being there at every opportunity. <laughs> So let's magic ourselves there. Let's. So it was actually your work on another uh, kind of film project that first introduced you to Finland. Yes, it it was. I I there was um I've always been a Moomin fan, and I was very lucky because I was asked to play Moomin Mama in uh, this beautiful film adaptation called Moomins on the Riviera, which was such a, a beautiful um, animation. It was a real work of love, I think, by everybody. And on the back of that, I was asked, as because, the, you know, Finland is Moomin crazy and they mm-hmm. love them so much and they love Moomin Mama, I was invited to go with my young daughter and my husband on a trip to Finland, uh, to Helsinki and to Tampere and, uh, for a few days. And we had a wonderful time. So for people who aren't familiar with the Moomins, how would you describe them and their place in popular culture, especially in Finland? Well, Tove Janssen, uh, Tove Janssen, I think is how you pronounce it. She was a, a, sister, a daughter of Helsinki and she wrote about these magical creatures and, and their world. And there's um, Moomin Mama and Moomin Papa and Moomin Troll, their son and his friend Snork Maiden. And then there's a whole host of mystical characters. And these books that she wrote, she was such a wonderful woman because she was a real forward thinker. She was, she re- really was, a, 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 I guess, a, you know, a liberal in every sense of the word. She had a real freedom, a sense of freedom for her characters and for herself. And her books are sort of very magical and mystical and heartwarming and truthful with these extraordinary creatures. Mm. And they're sort of loved through the generations down and the animations that went with them, you know, the pictures that went with these characters, as well as her beautiful words really capture a kind of very mystical and beautiful side of Finland and they're they're really beloved by the nation and the world at large. The best known Finnish icon after Santa Claus, I'd say. Yes, absolutely. I'd say the best known Finnish icon full stop. Full stop, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So let's get started with your Finnish travel diaries. Uh, we'll begin with chapter one, which is the first place in Finland that you fell in love with. Well, the first place in Finland that I fell in love with, I think has to be the Rock Church, which is in Helsinki. Do you know about the Rock Church? No, I'd love to hear more. It's called the Tempeljaku Church. And we were taken on a little tour. We were driving around Helsinki and we... um We we sort of pulled outside and the tour guide said, come and see this Lutheran church. It's quite the most extraordinary church I, I, I've ever been into. It's um it's also a very popular concert venue and it's built directly into this natural granite rock. It's just uh, built into the rock. Into it. So like it's tunneled into it? The, yeah, the, the building? Basically. Wow. Yeah. And they use the rocks for walls but the, the, these rocks make the most incredible acoustic. And when we went in, they were recording a concert. Uh. Uh, and so apart from the light sort of coming in from the ceiling, it was all lit by candles as well. So with the, with the candle and this huge copper dome inside it and this acoustic, this really magical acoustic was quite the most extraordinary experience we've ever heard. And we sat there And we just listened to this beautiful concert, this Finnish concert being being recorded um, whilst sort of sitting in this really magical, it didn't feel like a church. It felt like, I guess, something kind of Moomin-like about the whole <laughs> thing. It was it was just so beautiful and extraordinary. That sounds so atmospheric. Yeah, really atmospheric, really, but in a beautiful, beautiful way. Because the rock is, the rock, this granite is so, is, is completely part of, of the church so you feel like you're being enshrined by nature and I suppose there is something very spiritual about that mm. and is it in the heart of the city yeah right in the heart of right in the heart of her of, of of Helsinki fantastic so something that you could easily add on to a you know part of your sightseeing itinerary if you're taking oh gosh a, a, a I think if you go there yeah definitely I think if you're going into Helsinki Helsinki is small enough that you can take most things I would never in a million years have chosen to see the rock church I am so glad I did because it had a real impact on me it's very small and it's the most wonderful use of natural resources to build this this sim symbolic church and concert hall mm. Absolutely beautiful. And so you stayed at the Glow Hotel. Yes, we stayed in the Glow Art Hotel in the design area of, of Helsinki. And it was a, it's a beautiful hotel, really quite stunning. And that whole area feels very, uh, you know, up and coming and um, sort of it had a sort of an art deco feel to it as well. And there are some wonderful restaurants and some lovely shops Uh, and and a sense of, uh, you know, it, I can see why it's called the, the art area, but mm. everywhere's within walking distance. Oh, so it's a really easy city to to feel like you um, can cover in a, say, like a, a long weekend break or something where you're not feeling stressed about needing to pack everything in because it's a manageable place to visit. Well, chapter two is your all-time favourite Finnish destination. Well, we went to Tempere, mm -hmm. which is a, a is a train ride out of Helsinki. It's not very far, but it's it's where the Moomin um, uh, Museum is. And we went to this uh, we went to this restaurant. We were told about this restaurant, the rotating restaurant, and it's called Nasinuela. And you go up what looks like a very unappealing building. 
in a sort of lift and you open the door of the lift and you walk into James Bond world circa 1970s. <laughs> the restaurant is the tallest freestanding building in Finland. And it's exciting for that because you do get a wonderful view of the city. But the restaurant is, well, I mean, I've, I've never seen anything quite like it. It basically rotates and it gives you a 360 degree panoramic bird eye view of below. But it is the most stylish restaurant I've ever been to. It's quite extraordinary. I, I think it's an absolute, I think it's, my husband and I have, have both both said, and my daughter, we were just blown away by it. And what did Tampere look like? Well, at night, it's magical. I mean, it's just like, it's really magical. There's, you know, there's water and there's lights and there's there's sea and there's, um, at the foot of it, there's the planetarium. Um, mm. And just, you know, below you can watch the sunset and it is, it's, uh, you can, you know, these gorgeous views uh, that change as the light dims over it. And the, you know, it, 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 depending on what time of the day you go, I would suggest going just at sunset. You just watch the city um, sort of sink into a sort of m- magical moonlight, um, twinkling lights of the city below. And yeah. apart from anything else, the food is is beyond anything. We, I mean, it is beyond. I think it's I think it's Michelin star, isn't it? So what were your impressions of Finnish cuisine? Like what are the kind of things that people uh, love to eat in Finland? And what did you love to eat there? Well, we loved, um, we did, uh, surprisingly, we loved reindeer meat. So what does that taste like? Venison? Very gamey, but it's like a really nice game. And also they, they cook it often with um, the, the sort of local berries. Mm-hmm. So it's got a sweet jus that goes with it. Oh. But the, it, the, the restaurant is proper fine dining as well. And it's highly seasonal. It's highly seasonal. So I think, you know, we, we had um, the reindeer that was done with barley and roast garlic, which I think is a, is a delicacy. And it was a, it was a mm. beautiful um, set meal. And we, I think we ate everything on it. It was the wines were extraordinary. Uh, I think we had crayfish. And uh, I know that in the spring they use a lot of asparagus. So I really like the fact that they use, um, you know, they source local food. And also it is very seasonal. But it was, it was just beautiful. It's pro- that was probably my most favourite I think it was one of my favourite restaurants in the world and definitely one of the best experiences that I had when I was I was there. And we often talk about going back just for that restaurant alone. Really? Wow, that's a, that's a real credit to that dining experience. So Tampere, I'd love to chat a little bit more about that. That's known as the Finnish Lake District. So I imagine it's very watery, uh, very atmospheric, and it's home to the world's only Moomin Museum. So... I'm guessing you guys all went there, did you? We did go to the Moomin Museum and it was just wonderful because everywhere we went where there were Moomins um, or a connection with Moomins, we were really welcome like heroes. It was so sweet and my daughter was given <laughs> some Moomin toys. And the Moomin Museum is is just gorgeous. And I think it's a must if you're a Moomin fan or you loved Tove Janssen because it's a real celebration of her work and it's very um it's quite interactive as well so that is definitely definitely worth a a a, a visit i think and it's the world's only moomin museum mm-hmm. you know it answers questions like where did the ancestors of the Moomins live? What was Moomin's papa's stormy youth like? What do Hattifatteners <laughs> do during a thunderstorm? So many questions <laughs> are, you know, ours, and it really treats These are them. the questions I need to have answered. Exactly. <laughs> and it's a permanent 
exhibition and it retells the entire story of the Moomins, starting from the Great Flood and the Mad Midsummer's Floating Theatre to the Puzzle of the Lighthouse and the mysterious disappearance of the Moomins one grey November day. So it takes their entire back catalogue and it makes it a very experiential um uh, you know, uh, visit. It, it, it's wonderful. And you can sit and you can sit with the books as well. There's a beautiful reading room. There's wonderful handmade crafts. There's, I think there's, um, they, they sort of built a house, a Moomin sort of house and village that, that, that oh, was quite fun. magical as well. So uh, that's definitely worth a visit. And getting to Tampere from Helsinki, was that straightforward? So easy. You just get on the train and it's an, I think it's about an hour, an hour and 20 minutes out and oh, uh, well worth it because, you know, Helsinki is pretty epic. And then you get up at Tampere and it's much smaller. And then the other thing that we did in Tampere, which I remember, was we went to this um, wonderful design museum. And it reminded me of a sort of mini Tate modern. Oh, wow. This is a beautiful museum. It's called, uh, it's beside the Tamarokski Rapids. And it's the Vapriki Museum. And it offers things for the whole family. And it does. They've got the Natural History Museum there. But also on the top floor, we went to have a look at this toy, all the, these, the history of these dolls. And I'm a sucker for terrifying toys. I love, you? you know, terrifying dolls are just the best thing ever. And this <laughs> museum, this beautiful museum, which is incredibly modern, and I think it was built into a one-time factory. So it does have that very Tate Modern vibe about it. But it was each floor had a very um, had a very different feel to it. So I think it had Mineral Museum. There was the Hockey um, Hall of Fame. There was the Doll Museum, Postal Museum, and the Finnish Museum of Games. So there's all different things on different floors. But if you are into dolls over the centuries and toys over the centuries, many of which are the stuff of nightmares, <laughs> this museum is one of the best because I I just could not get over the collection of dolls that they had there and each one was more beautiful and creepy than the next it was a real winner of a of a museum is your house full of creepy dolls no but my phone is full of creepy photos of creepy dolls I collect them and this one was just like (laughs) wow kind of (laughs) mind-blowing dolls with human eyes dolls that were made in the sort of like a 17th and 18th century there was a there was a rocking horse that if you woke up and saw that in your room you'd end up screaming and it was just it was amazing (laughs) chapter three is your finnish hidden gem a place that you discovered that you'd love to share with us that we won't know about right in the heart of helsinki is a little is a little um harbor and you get on the on on a boat and you go across the water looking at all the incredible scenery. You take a guided tour of the island's nature. And then you cross over to Suomen. Oh, I could never say it. And I couldn't say it when I was there. <laughs> Suomenlina. There's an inhabited sea fortress built on eight islands southeast of the city centre of Helsinki. Wow. And it's it's quite beautiful. It's um it's a UNESCO heritage site. And it's like going in, it was I was at the height of, of my Game of Thrones obsession. <laughs> and landing on that island was like going back into Game of Thrones. Uh, it had something very epic about it and very, it, it did feel like a Game of Thrones sort of island. We were there in the winter and it was freezing, absolutely freezing. 
bitter, bitter, bitter wind. But in the summer, apparently, it's the place to be. Oh, really? You know, it's a picnicking spot. In the summer, uh, the ferries just go over there and it, it's it's just like heaven, absolute heaven, absolutely beautiful for camping. There are some gorgeous, because it's a self-contained island and it's it's almost like a town within a town. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's absolutely stunning. Um, and you've got the fortress to explore, which, like I say, feels like anything on sort of Netflix that's based in a in a kind of Game of Thrones territory. It's got incredible history because it was the last outpost in in the fight with um with Russia and and fighting against any kind of Russification. We walked across, we were walking through, we were exploring, and then suddenly right on the corner of the island, we saw this powder-coloured wooden villa. And we walked towards it and it was a toy museum and it's lovingly looked after by the same family. And you're welcomed in to this extraordinary museum that has toys from the early 19th century through to the 1960s. And we walked in and they, on a samovar, they had black tea and these homemade little lemon biscuits. Mm. And we sat at a little table and we drank it. We were, it was the night, you know, when you're so cold and so hungry. And then we looked around this, this museum and it was just quite extraordinary. I've never seen a collection like it. I mean, toys that, you know, you couldn't, you, you saw the original Moomin dolls that had been made. And you they had toy games from sort of the, you know, 1800s. And dolls had been made during the war. I mean, fascinating. They mm. had a couple of, of to- because Germany, um, the Nazis, inv- uh, you know, uh, were in Finland during the war. And so it was quite interesting to see toys that had swastikas on them mm. uh, and then have that history explained to you. Yeah. But um, I've never seen a toy museum like it. It was just, I think, because it, it was so charming. That's the place to go. That was a real find. It feels like from the places that you've mentioned that the Finns have a real celebration of childhood. There's a real celebration of magic and there's a real celebration of wonder. There's Mm. something about the beauty of nature and the idea of, of bringing the modern and the old together, but that within that, all the way through, walking even down the streets, there's a real sense of childhood magic and playfulness within the people and within the place. I think because the seasons are so extreme as well that, um, you know, you you go from the northern lights to these incredibly hot summers to these biting cold, snowy winters. And so it's constantly changing and the landscape and and the nature around it is so much part of the city and its feel and, and the country from what I could tell, there is something very spiritual about it. And you, it, it's very it's very wholesome and it is quite magical. I also think the thing that, you know, Finland has been crowned the happiest country in the world yes, for four years in yes, a row. Yes, what an I accolade. I really can understand that. Yeah, a huge accolade. And I really can understand why it's such a happy place because it's really connected to nature and the outdoors. So I think in the summer... The, the way that they, you know, the camping and the picnicking and the outdoor sports and the water sports really feels very special. And then, you know, as I said, we were there in sort of February. It was very, very cold, but it wasn't quite so snowy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was still, you know, f- you know, log fires and and uh, there's a real sense of living sustainably and in, and in harmony with the environment. And it makes a massive difference. And there's a real sense of positivity and and working with nature rather than destroying it. Mm. So, you know, in, in and I can see now all these years later that this low ecological footprint that, that they have always abided by 
does make for quite a spiritual place. And when you think that 70% of Finland is covered by forests and 188,000 lakes, there's Mm. so much nature to explore. And that feels a huge part of the, you know, not only the modern shopping and the sense of beautiful restaurants, but they've really merged this outdoors and indoors, old and new. And that's what I loved about it. It had a sense of history, but but a sense of, of, cutting edge cuisine, cutting edge art galleries, cutting edge shopping. And also the everywhere had a sauna. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. And I do think also if you go up, if you go to Nantali, there is a Moomin World there, which is a theme park, which uh, combines (laughs) beautiful outdoor activities such as rock climbing and archery and panning for gold and singing around campfires. But uh, also you can spend time with Moomin Papa on his boat and, and meet friends at the Moomin house. Uh, and that's <laughs> something that I would like to do when I go back. I, I so want to go back to to, um, to Finland. I can't recommend it enough. I would go back at Christmas. I would definitely try and see the Northern Lights, which have always evaded me. And I would also, we were talking about going back next summer because we want to experience what that outside outdoors activity is like as well. So those are the destinations at the top of your Finnish travel bucket list chapter four the final chapter i'd 100 go back there it was one of those places that you come back from when you think i actually could live there i loved it so much i fell in love with it thank you so much uh, tracy ann overman those were your finnish travel diaries been a, an absolute pleasure chatting all things finland with you mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Today's episode is supported by Airbnb. It has been a long old winter here in the UK and in between podcast seasons, I'm going to take a little bit of downtime to seek out some warmth. I'm jetting off to the Greek island of Mykonos, visiting some places that have been on my bucket list. And while I'm hopefully soaking up some Mediterranean sun, my home will be hosting guests from all over the world thanks to Airbnb. It's the perfect way to make your travels even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cozy retreat for fellow travellers just like I do? Whether you choose to rent out your entire space or just a spare room, it's up to you. I list my spare bedroom and it's been a fantastic experience, both financially rewarding and a great way to connect with new people. So if you're planning your own summer getaway or any trip for that matter, consider putting your home on Airbnb. It's a fantastic way to earn extra income that can go towards your travel expenses, souvenirs, or even that special treat you've been eyeing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. 
Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries. Wow, if Helsinki wasn't on my travel radar before, it certainly is now. A big thanks to Tracy Ann. And now we're joined by food and travel writer, lifestyle editor at Courier Magazine and Finland destination expert Brie Graham, who shares her top tips across the country. Brie Graham, welcome to the Travel Diaries and to this fantastic Finland Christmas special. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I'm very excited to be uh, to be on it. Oh, I'm so flattered. Thank you so much. And it's great timing, isn't it? Because I mean, you are a regular traveler to Finland, and you are recently back from Finland. Recently back from Finland. Yep, just just in Helsinki, and it was so nice to be back. I think it had been just over, just or just almost three years since I'd last been there, and yeah, it really does. Uh, it's it's so nice to return to somewhere that you that you really love um and so I was yeah, very happy to be back it was my first time every, every time I go everyone tries to convince me to, to to come back in the winter like when it's snowing they're like it's so magical it's so lovely and I've never been brave enough to go right right in the depths of winter but this was mm-hmm. autumn and that was that was just cold enough for me I'm from Sydney originally so that's that's about as cold <laughs> as I can, I can yeah get. so what did you get up to this time around so this time around, it was very uh, food focused. It was very uh, wellness focused as well. I spent a lot of time uh, in hotel saunas and spas and sort of doing the hard job of uh, writing about those. And obviously the really beautiful Lauli sauna, which I um, never say quite right. I think it's Lauli. They say it so beautifully in Finnish. But, um, so what is that? Oh, it is truly my favorite place on planet Earth, I think, honestly. Oh, really? Okay, <laughs> yeah. tell me about it. It is it's so magical. So it's this uh, really, really stunning sauna that is a, a public sauna, a community sauna. I mean, you, you, you pay to go in um, and it's right on the edge of uh, the, the the sea. Uh, just, just sort of on, I mean, it's only about a 10 minute walk, like right from the center of Helsinki. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so incredibly beautiful. Uh, the architects are the same architects who just designed the new library in Helsinki. And it's all this really natural curved wood and there's a restaurant and a bar and it just overlooks the water and it's very, very serene and peaceful, but they uh. have two saunas there. They have mm-hmm. a really, they have sort of a, a standard normal sauna that we all sort of know. And then they have a traditional smoke sauna. Right. And so when you step in, it's just, oh, it's like, it's the most magical scent. It's like a really Christmassy, beautiful sort of woody candle or something like that, because you can smell the smoke that's used to heat the sauna. And mm. so you go into there, you know, they give you a towel, you sort of sit down and it's, you know, some people sort of chat, some people just kind of like do their own thing. And I try and stay in there like as long as I would like possibly can until yeah. I feel like I'm on the verge of, of passing out. And then <laughs> yeah. you, 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 that's your out. Aussie blood. <laughs> that's my Aussie blood. Yeah. Like this is, this is, you know, I, I can withstand it. I can, yeah. I can, I can withstand <laughs> the heat, but you then leave there and then you walk outside. So I've been there in the summer and the walk outside is not so bad in the summer, but I was there a few weeks ago and the temperature outside, I think was like two degrees. So you sort of leave and your skin is like, you know, prickled sort of pink because you've just been sort of baking in this sauna and you walk out and then they have a little ledge with a little ladder that goes straight into the ocean. Oh my goodness. But then you jump into the ocean 
you know, I, I mean, jump in sort of, you know, <laughs> inverted commas because it took me a little, a few sort of toes at a time to sort of be brave enough to, to, to go in because it is icy, icy cold. I think the water temperature there was, I mean, I think it was maybe like one or two degrees sort of similar mm. to the outside temperature. Mm. Um, but it is just the most euphoric feeling it's incredible it becomes sort of addictive and then you go back to the sauna and you sort of repeat the process and they have this stunning space inside in between the two saunas with this gorgeous fireplace and a bar and like rocking chairs and candles and it's just it's just lovely you just sit there and you drink like so restorative it's very restorative and they have these amazing uh finished long drinks which are sort of like there's this one that I'm obsessed with that's grapefruit and sort of like gin or vodka or something like that in it and you just sit there sip on that or have a beer really good finished beer and yeah it just fixes everything that's wrong in the world <laughs> it's, it's a really yeah lovely thing so maybe that's why they're such happy people like Tracy Ann was talking about how yeah. the Finns are kind of statistically the happiest nation in in the world I mean maybe it's part this sauna culture is a contributing factor do you, do you reckon and the, the thing is like every, oh you know I, because I've, I've, I've sort of been going back a few times over the last five years I sort of see the same people on every trip and really everyone not to generalize but <laughs> everyone finished that I know is so it's quite zen and 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 really you know content with with life and you know I think even even if they live in sort of a, a tiny flat in a, in a big apartment building in the center of Helsinki all those buildings have saunas, you know, it's something mm. that is really that sort of self-careness for want of a better word. It's really yeah. just something that's really inbuilt in their day-to-day lives, you know, even if they're busy and they've got a really big job and they're traveling lots, you know, th- th- everyone I speak to is like, yeah, we go like once a week, like on a Sunday, you know, maybe then just like come like back to, you know, flat, like watch some films and just chill out. I'm like that's nice ritual. Great. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think that would be, and also, you know, the, it, it's something culturally that they also really grow up with. So yeah. children, you know, I think, you know, historically babies were born in saunas because it was sort of the most sort of sanitary space back in, back in the day before, before modern medicine. So, I mean, children are still, are still taken into saunas and it's something that's really, yeah, passed, passed down. So yeah. What a lovely tradition. What a lovely part of the culture. I know it's on my, it's on my bucket list to have a sauna in my flat at one point in my life. (laughs) I think I could forego a second bedroom and just turn to a sauna. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that you make it happen one Thank day you. soon. <laughs> what was the name of the sauna that, that that you mentioned in particular, the one in Helsinki? So this one's called the uh, Lauli, Lauli sauna. They say okay. it so beautifully and I butcher it every time I say it, but yes. <laughs> I will include a link to that in the episode show notes as it's well. It's an absolute must do. I think even if I was in Helsinki for 24 hours, I would spend a good two or three there for sure. Amazing. And it was interesting to hear Tracy Ann reflect on such a memorable dining experience when she uh, headed out to Tampere. And so I was kind of wondering, as, as a food writer yourself, am I right in thinking that Finland really like does seem to be a real foodie destination that has kind of gone under the radar for the most part? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think, you know, when I, when I first started traveling there, it was... Um, sort of just a, a more general trip and I was I you know I, I had you know traveled a lot in sort of other Nordic countries and other Scandinavian countries and also Russia obviously the Russian influence on on Finland specifically 
um, both Russia and Sweden, obviously as the two sort of great occupying nations of of Finland, have a huge mm-hmm. influence on the food mm-hmm. scene. And you can really you can really see both those influences, but I think that they have their own very unique food culture that's been born from that, which is really lovely. So you know, even I think there's a lot of sort of things that when I first went there, I wasn't it wasn't my first sort of connotation to associate as something Finnish, but they have an amazing uh, you know, chocolate making tradition in Finland and, really? you know, things that I, I grew up eating that I didn't even know were Finnish, like um, faza mints and things like that are really a, a sort of old uh, Finnish chocolate company that again is a really, really beautiful, they're, they're the sort of old uh, flagship store in the center of Helsinki is a really lovely place to go and fill up a bag of sweets um, mm. and go and check out. The faza mints are my absolute favorite thing in the whole world um (laughs) so they're really good and then there's also really you know I think again even out of that tradition there's a lot of new brands that are coming out of that there's another uh, chocolate factory in the Kalio neighborhood just outside of Helsinki or just sort of outside the center of Helsinki uh, called Gudio and they're a vegan plant-based chocolate company um which again like I I had eaten and and bought in London and just you know didn't turn it around and, and realize that it was from Finland um so I think that there's there's sort of a few things that I think wouldn't be maybe the first you know obviously there's a lot you know I, I spent a lot of time in uh, Lapland eating a lot of reindeer as uh, yes. as Josiane mentioned so reindeer definitely is something that is I guess quintessentially Finnish but I don't think it's something that you know Finns would eat day to day but mm-hmm. you know I think it's something to tick off tick off your list if you're if you're traveling in the area. Do you have any like favorite restaurants or cafes that you'd want to give a shout out to? Yeah, I mean, oh my gosh, that I just had that. You know what? I was speaking of uh, Loli and the sauna. So the day on my last trip a few weeks ago when I was there, so I spent my you know a few hours in the sauna, just blissed out in heaven, so happy. And then the only other thing I had to do that day was to go to have dinner. And so I walked from the sauna to this stunning, stunning restaurant, which is only about 20 minutes away. I think that's the other thing about Helsinki specifically is it's really small. So mm-hmm. you can get around really easily, which is great. Yeah. I love a good walking city. For sure. And um, there's a restaurant that's called Nola, and it's a completely zero waste restaurant. But you wouldn't, you know, you sort of hear that and you think it's going to be, you know, I don't know what you sort of picture in your mind, very sort of organic looking and it's just the most chic gorgeous space um right in sort of near where the the sort of design district is in in Helsinki Mm -hmm. and I just had just the most amazing food so they have their own microbrewery in the restaurant as well so just behind the bar as soon as you walk in behind glass is these just you know these amazing sort of machines that are are brewing all of this beer and oh wonderful it's 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 incredible yeah, it's it's a it's like a, an art gallery of a restaurant. It's, it's really stunning. But they use um, the bread from obviously from from the dinners and, and and from the food that they make. So they use leftover stale bread to sort of infuse and flavor different beers. They actually use um, old cocoa pods from the chocolate factory that I mentioned earlier, the, the plant based one called Goodio. and they use yeah the, the discarded cocoa pods to infuse one of their stouts. So, oh, so you're kind of it's, it's amazing so I think that was one of the pairings for the dessert I was having um which was like this miso caramel ice cream thing which was just so good and then mm. to sort of have this really really icy cold stout that had faint notes of chocolate and faint notes of licorice and all these amazing things to it it was a sensational meal and I think what they're doing is sort of you know 
as a real leader in the space of zero waste restaurants is, is really interesting. And they're just such a lovely team there as well. So definitely, I think they sort of capture a lot of the core ingredients that make Finnish cooking really special. Oh, what a great recommendation. And really an ethos that seems to be pervasive throughout Finnish society, um, a, a real emphasis, as Tracy Ann also mentioned, mm. on sustainability. Yeah, totally. I think, you know, when I was sort of speaking to the owner when I was there and was saying, you know, this, it, because it doesn't look for, from the street and certainly even by reading the menu or, you know, even sitting down in the space, unless you really looked hard and you sort of noticed the industrial size composter in the back of the dining room, <laughs> you wouldn't notice that it's a zero waste restaurant potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we, we were sort of talking like, you know, it, of how it's a concept that's not very hard to convince Finns from because it's something that's just so naturally a part of their lives. You know, that, 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 that sort of connection with nature, with ingredients, with wanting to do the best to protect that, that space. It's so interesting. I mean, the, 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 when I was there a few weeks ago, it was mushroom season, which is just gorgeous. And Mm so everything I was eating was, you know, hand-picked local mushrooms. And I was saying to to someone I was having dinner with, I was like, you know, these these mushrooms are great. I was at the market this morning and they're so beautiful. Um, You know, is it something that you cook with at home? Or like, you know, do do you go to the market and and buy them or whatever? And she almost like laughed me out of the restaurant. She was like, Mm -hmm. buy them at the market? What are you talking about? That's just for tourists. We just go pick our own. Uh. Wow, and I was like so mm. nice yeah she was like do you not do that in London and I was like mm, <laughs> I think Regent's Park might have like two blackberry bushes maybe <laughs> <laughs> if I look really hard but I mean yeah it's it's something that's just so even you know they're surrounded by such beautiful forests right even in downtown Helsinki so it's just something that is just so second nature it's something that's not even considered or, or sort of thought about I think that sort of connection to to, to nature you know, having, having experienced a lot of the food there, is there a kind of dish in particular that you feel like encapsulates kind of Finnish cuisine? Is there, is there like a, a, a flagship meal that, that you must try? I think so. When I, when I, my first ever trip to Finland, I flew straight into Rovaniemi, which is uh, right up north in, in Lapland, and then drove for about six hours right past the Arctic Circle. So it's a completely different sort of world of world of food up there Uh, and I think I may or may not have eaten salmon soup every single day on that trip (laughs) and salmon soup is a very traditional uh Finnish sort of comfort food I suppose um which is really good I think it's it's different from any fish soup that I've had anywhere else in the world there's a, a really lovely blend of flavors it's made with milk and it's 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 very comforting and 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 really nice but I think also, um, you know, that Russian influence comes in. So there's a lot of fish roe on different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of that, you know, Finnish, Finnish caviar is, is really, really lovely. And, you know, I think seeing the sort of blend of, of, of the Swedish influence and of the Russian influence on these dishes in, in, in different parts of the country um, is really great to try. And, and, you know, they do a lot of curing of reindeer meat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's quite nice to, to, to try to, mm-hmm. but, uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, that there's, there's so many things I think it, that just taste really different because of where they're from. So I, I ate a lot of butter on the last trip and, you know, again, I think you can really taste the sort of quality and the purity of ingredients because it's a country that just really prioritizes, 
you know, that connection with nature and the health of the natural environment as well. So just mm. a- a- anything Absolutely. that is really, you know, from, from the land, I think. And I loved an article that you wrote, uh, which featured cloudberries. Can you tell me a bit more about those? Oh gosh, I wish, so I still, uh, I've owned, sorry, I I love cloudberries. So cloudberries are again, a very, you can find them in in Sweden as well, but um, in sort of other Nordic and Scandic countries, but they really occupied a lot of my time on that first trip. Um, yeah. And they're so, so beautiful. So they're they're really, they're like a crazy superfood. They're really good for you. They're this electric orange color. When you see them, it's almost like they're not, they're not real. They, they look like a little cartoon emoji berry in a way. <laughs> um, but they've, they've got a really sort of tart, sour, incredible, a taste that once you, once you try, you won't forget. I think I still have some jam in my fridge from my last trip um because you know you can then turn it into all kinds of things cordials and jams and desserts and and really lovely things but again I think that's something if you're there in the summer when it's the season and you can try them fresh there's nothing like it but I think no matter what time of year if you're there definitely find some find some jam or, or something like that to take home I love that you said that, well, you explained that they hold more vitamin C than an orange. Mm. And that's partly down to the fact that in the summer, of course, in northern Finland, the sun is shining all all day. And so they're absorbing all of this sunny goodness. Totally. And I think there's something quite poetic about that and, and so beautiful as well. I mean, you know, the extreme of weather in Finland, especially in in, in northern Finland and, and up in Lapland, is I mean that the first trip I went on was in June and it was just around the time of the of the midnight sun, mm. and uh, you know I had never been anywhere that was quite that bright uh, all through yes. the night. Yeah, and uh, rocked up to the the cabins we were staying in and was ch- chatting to the owner, and you know I was like, oh well, it's been a long trip. You know, it was a long flight and a long drive, like. Oh, thankfully there's going to be blackout blinds. So I'll get a good night's sleep. And he just looked at me like dumbfounded. He was like, what do you mean? I was like, oh, you know, like, cause it's so sunny outside still, like at least like that's what curtains are for. And he's like, do you not sleep with your eyes shut? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, cool. Because they, that just doesn't, they, they would, they wouldn't want to lock out that light, even if it's four in the morning wow. because it's so special because for so much of the year it, it's completely dark. So I think that that really kind of summed up um, culturally how summer and, and all of that is sort of viewed. It's, you know, you really do hibernate in the winter and summer is the time for staying up very late and enjoying everything that sort of that 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 shift in seasons brings. Such a different way of life, isn't it? it that they embrace different. that that um, natural life and, mm. and and eat later and, you know, their whole day, the whole day and way of life shifts. Yeah for this for each season it's so beautiful too and I think that's why like then cloudberries are a real symbol of that because again it's something that people pick fresh and and eat fresh in the summer but also use to preserve you know in jams in cordials and in different ways they pickle them as well but then that that gives you that that hefty dose of vitamin c maybe in the middle of winter when you probably yeah. haven't seen the sun and yes. you're, you are looking for that. So nature really does give the bounty of what, exactly. what people need, yeah, which yeah, is that's, really beautiful. That's so true. So that was up in Finnish Lapland, as you say. Mm. Uh, of course, a hugely popular destination at the moment of mm. uh, going to be Santa Claus on a lot of people's bucket yes. list going up to, to, <laughs> to Finnish Lapland. Yeah. Do you tell me what it was like up there? So I, so I went in the summer and it 
was Santa Claus was still present in the summer. Let me tell you, there was uh, there was a lot of, a lot of that around. <laughs> he was busy making the toys at that time. He, he was. The elves were up there. We saw, you know, we went to to reindeer farms and and saw Rudolph and all his friends and all of that, which was all very all very cute. But yeah. I think really it, it is a you know I, I sort of see it as a, a year round destination as well. It was mm. just so magical. Um, being there, I think it really still has that same sort of otherworldly experience in in no matter what the season is. I mean, we sort of went out onto I think it's like Finland's third largest lake, right right up. I was sort of looking at it on a map earlier, and I didn't really realize how far far north on the map of the world it is. It really yeah. is like right up there, called Lake Inari, and um, you know I think it's for almost eight months of the year it's completely frozen. And to be there in the middle of summer and to take a boat and to go out and to fish and to sort of see this landscape that's normally, you know, a frozen tundra of sort of white and to see that in in life and green and, yeah, to be able to sort of experience that was really, was really special. Um, But yeah, I think, yeah, Finnish Lapland and there's also uh, the indigenous Sami people who are from there and their mm-hmm. culture is really, really amazing to be able to connect with when you're there as well. So really beautiful handicrafts and music. And it's a really, really, really rich culture. Um, that was really interesting to learn about. Are you able to tell me any more about your experience with that? So we went and we got to go to uh, one of a few of the museums there uh, that's run by the Sami people. And we got to go to this lady's house and she made us tea and breakfast and that was really lovely and, and sort of sung to us. And I've got still, it's one of sort of my most treasured sort of videos in my phone, this film of her singing and sort of instrument, I guess, closest probably to like a tambourine, again, made with made with reindeer skins and a lot of the handicrafts there are sort of, you know, made with those sort of natural, natural things that are found. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was, yeah, very moving and really beautiful. Wonderful. I mean, as someone who knows the country so well, I'd love to ask you also about, you know, a couple of chapters from your Finnish travel diaries. I mean, you've already shared with us so many incredible memories and recommendations, but what would you pick as your all-time favorite Finnish destination? I think Helsinki. I think because, I mean, look, I don't, I don't drive. So if I'm having to travel somewhere that I really need to to use a car, uh, which w- would be Lapland, which would be sort of that area. I mean, it's a very, very big country, Finland. But what I really love about Helsinki is it's so easy to get around. You know, you, you the, the airport's really central. You know, once once you're there, you can really – I love a good walking city and you can really explore it all by foot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think each sort of neighbourhood and, and sort of region within Helsinki too feels really different. So you can feel like you're kind of, you know, on different – trips within the one city so you can get boats out and go to the archipelago you can you know stay sort of in Kalio, which is a very cool sort of I don't know Shoreditch-esque neighborhood that feels quite different from Mm -hmm. downtown Helsinki which you know almost it reminds me of bits like Milan or something like that really beautiful design stores and gorgeous architecture Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's it's a really it's a city that I think like ticks a lot of boxes for for whatever trip you want to do Mm, and really yeah. good shopping I mean I can I never ever bring a suitcase big enough because <laughs> <laughs> the shopping's great I love finished design um beautiful art galleries the Amos Rex gallery is probably I think one of my top 
art galleries and museums in the world. It's just, again, architecturally so beautiful. Um, so there's a lot of really special things to do there. It sounds as though, also from Tracy Ann's um, travel diaries there, that ar- the architecture in Finland is like really notable. Totally. I mean, the, gosh, I think that the, even just the central train station right in the heart of Helsinki is just, I mean, you can spend like 20 minutes just walking ar- around a train station because it's so beautiful. And it really brings in, again, those uh, Russian influences. You can you can spot a lot of that around the city, which is interesting. And I think that real blend blend of cultures, a lot of uh, Italian architects came over. And again, that's, the, that's how the chocolate and the sort of industry started a lot of Swiss and a lot of Italians came over um, Mm -hmm. in the sort of, I think it was mid 19th century. And you can see that influence on the city as well, which is really cool. Awesome. And how about your hidden gem, a place that you discovered that you'd like to uh, share with the listeners if they are to visit? So I think my hidden gem would definitely be leaving sort of central, central Helsinki and going out, which is not far to the Kaleo neighborhood. And there's mm-hmm. an amazing new restaurant there called Albina, which is very, very cool. Um, sort of a, a fusion of sort of Italian, Finnish food, amazing cocktail bar. It's beneath this really cool hotel. You kind of would have to look to find it. And um, it's like a very sort of moody cocktail bar restaurant vibe. But there's there's sort of infusions of Finnish ingredients and in different things. So I think... The Negroni I had there sort of had like a pine needle syrup that was in it, which again sort of smells mm. like the saunas. And it was, again, yeah. very evocative, evocative tastes and flavors. But it's sort of probably a neighborhood that most people on a short trip to Helsinki wouldn't get to. But I would definitely, I would definitely go check that out. Amazing. Before we um, wrap up, is there anywhere else that you'd like to give a shout out to? Maybe not a place, but I think, again, the, the sort of on the note of shopping and things to bring back, definitely bring yourself back some, some Finnish licorice. Finnish licorice is very, very good. This sort of salty, salty, sweet licorice um, is something that always I like to sort of bring loads and loads of bags back so that I can snack on it throughout the year before my next my next trip back. <laughs> is that something that it's known for then, licorice? Yeah, I think I think it's something that is sort of quite Scandi and Nordic, but it's... Um, there's a there's a lot of licorice in uh, in 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 Finland everywhere you go, and I think it's really? something that I've I've seen crop up on a lot of dessert menus in different restaurants as well. Um, so yeah, it's something that that always reminds me of, of Finland. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Bree, for bringing to life Finland so beautifully and really inspiring me to get booking with that trip. I um, I've had it on my list for a while I'd quite like to do I think a dual center like I'd like you've really yeah. inspired me to go to Helsinki as has Tracy Ann so I'd love to do Helsinki and then go up to finish Lapland yeah do both I would de- def- definitely combine both and there's there's so many beautiful again in Helsinki so many beautiful places to stay the ho- hotels in Helsinki you get a room mm-hmm. at the St George in Helsinki they have a sauna and an ice pool in the in the basement so you'll get to experience your your sort of nightly sauna before bed um or there's also the Lapland hotel in Helsinki as well which has saunas in the hotel rooms so you can have your own private sauna so yeah either either one of those I would definitely recommend
A huge thank you to Brie and to Tracy Ann. If you'd like to read more about Finland or get some inspiration about where you should go and what you should do there, head to visitfinland.com or, of course, check out the websites of your favorite travel magazines and newspapers who normally offer very comprehensive destination guides. Thanks so much for listening today. If you are enjoying the podcast, then don't forget to hit subscribe or if you use Apple Podcasts to hit follow so that a new episode lands in your podcast app each week. And if you really enjoyed it, then if you fancy leaving a rating or a review, that would be extra special. Come and follow me on Instagram. I'm at Holly Rubenstein. Would love to hear from you as always. And don't forget that all the destinations mentioned by my guests, I always include in the episode show notes. And they're also always on my website, thetraveldiariespodcast.com. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another destination special. In the meantime, have a very happy Christmas and thanks so much for listening. Today's episode is supported by Airbnb. It has been a long old winter here in the UK and in between podcast seasons, I'm going to take a little bit of downtime to seek out some warmth. I'm jetting off to the Greek island of Mykonos, visiting some places that have been on my bucket list. And while I'm hopefully soaking up some Mediterranean sun, my home will be hosting guests from all over the world thanks to Airbnb. It's the perfect way to make your travels easier even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cozy retreat for fellow travellers just like I do? Whether you choose to rent out your entire space or just a spare room, it's up to you. I list my spare bedroom and it's been a fantastic experience, both financially rewarding and a great way to connect with new people. So if you're planning your own summer getaway or any trip for that matter, consider putting your home on Airbnb. It's a fantastic way to earn extra income that can go towards your travel expenses, souvenirs, or even that special treat you've been eyeing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.